Welcome to Live Zone. I'm your host, Iday, here with my co-host for today, Doug Locke. And here's what's coming up. We are celebrating Juneteenth today and we are highlighting some music genres that you'd be surprised to hear were created by black artists. We got some insight from Charlemagne the God on the role African-American music plays in the community. And of course, we have the latest in music releases, the scheduled ones and the surprises. Happy Friday, June 19th. Here's what's trending in the headlines. All right, y'all. So for those of you who don't know, Juneteenth is a long celebrated African-American holiday commemorating the end of slavery. Now, while Juneteenth has mostly been an unofficial holiday, you know, I grew up in the South, so we celebrated it. There's been a recent push from corporations and governments to make it a paid holiday. New York's Governor Cuomo signed an executive order recognizing Juneteenth as a holiday for state employees and will advance legislation to an official state holiday next year. And just this week, Pharrell Williams joined Governor of Virginia to make Juneteenth an official state holiday. So our country excels, and I mean excels, at celebrating Independence Day. But it's not perfect. Juneteenth deserves the same level of recognition and celebration. July 4th, 1776, not everybody was free in celebrating their Independence Day. So here's our day. And if you love us, it'll be your day too. In celebration of Juneteenth, we will be highlighting African-American contributions to music and culture of the world. While recent news has rightfully been focused on the injustice faced by the Black community, there is a lot of perseverance and joy in the Black experience that also needs to be shown. Here's Charlemagne the God on his thoughts on how music plays a role in the community. How does African-American music play a role in building the community? Um, I think it plays a major role because there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are in black music, especially rap music, that has a lot of socially redeeming value. You know, I can think about, you know, my father giving me um, Minister Farrakhan's speeches to watch, right? But me not really being super intrigued to listen until I heard Chuck D say, Farrakhan's a prophet and I think you ought to listen to him. I hear, uh, when I heard Biggie Small say, deep like the mind of Farrakhan. You know, and when you're watching, you know, those videos back in the day, especially in the era I grew up in, you would see brothers with the Malcolm X hats on and the African medallions. And that just made me want to get to know more about my culture. You know, that made me want to, you know, pay attention to the things that they were talking about in music. That's why music is so powerful, right? Music is so powerful because it can influence you to do things. And sometimes those influences can be good. Sometimes those influences can be bad. So. Yeah, I think that it's, it's music, because it's important because it not only provides a soundtrack for your life, it gives you directives on where you can find, you know, that free jewelry, as I like to call it, to better your life. You can catch more of Charlemagne when he hosts Lift Every Voice, a Juneteenth special. All right, and the movement against systemic racism presses on into its fourth full week, showing no signs of slowing down. And I've actually been in the streets myself and the energy is infectious. People continue to take to the streets and ask for justice for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Now, amidst all of this, another police shooting story that caught national attention was the killing of Rayshard Brooks. Now this one, protesters found themselves one step closer to justice in this case, with the charging of the officer who shot Brooks with a felony murder. And the overall rapid pace of change does continue as both the Republican and Democrats in Congress offered up plans for police reform. 
Now in other news, and a piece of really exciting joy for this week, on Monday, the Supreme Court handed down a ruling in a historic LGBTQIA rights case. The court ruled in favor of a law barring discrimination based on sexual orientation at work. Now this announcement led to outbursts of joy from the music world. Artists like Selena Gomez, Joe Jonas, and Taylor Swift, who took to Twitter to write, yes, Thank you to the Supreme Court justices who voted in favor and all the advocates who fought so hard for this. We still have a long way to go to reach equality, but this is a beautiful step forward. The ruling coincidentally came down in the middle of Pride Month, which has been limited because of the coronavirus pandemic. Being that there is so much to celebrate this month, there's no way Pride can be canceled. That's because this week iHeartMedia announced a You Can't Cancel Pride benefit featuring artists like Ricky Martin, Sia, Big Frida, and Adam Lambert. The show, which airs Thursday, June 25th, will benefit COVID-19 relief for the LGBTQIA community. And here's what's new in music. And speaking of pride, it was Victoria Monet's pride in her queer identity that pushed her to release her brand new collab with Khalid, Experience. And Victoria and Khalid were both unsure if this was the right time to drop the single, considering the social unrest. But being that this is Pride Month and Black Music Month, the pair put out the song along with a press release reading, it was a scary decision. We wanted to honor and represent that fearless part of our people by continuing with this release through it all. We hope this brings some solace and joy to you. Another artist spreading joy with new music this week is John Legend. His new album, Bigger Love Out Today, has features from Janae Aiko, Rhapsody, and Coffee, just to name a few. Being that Bigger Love is John Legend's seventh studio album, the EGOT winner definitely has the body of work to warrant his place in the Versus Battle series. Tonight, he faces off against the great Alicia Keys in a special Juneteenth edition of the series. I really think that this is going to be a win-win for everybody, personally. Oh, totally. This is going to be like Stevie Wonder vibes because they're both vocalists, they're both songwriters and amazing pianists. So to see them going toe-to-toe, I think they're so evenly matched. And they also you know, have about a similar amount of time in the game. So they're both super seasoned legends, icons. I'll be watching that one. Same. I can't wait. Now, my girl Tiana Taylor also released her much-anticipated third LP, The Album. Now, the album, which has features from some of the great female artists in the game, I mean, Erica Badu, Missy Elliott, and yes, Miss Lauren Hill, also features her husband, Iman Shumpert. Oh man, Doug, I am so excited. I actually got a chance to go to the release party yesterday. Oh. So it was pretty amazing just to see the vibes and hear the album and just to see Tiana's belly. It's so cute. And I saw a little buddy. <laughs> it was a great time. I actually just need to be able to sit and go through the album on my own though, because there was just a lot going on that my eyes were everywhere. It was amazing. And J. Cole shook up the internet this week with his controversial message to rapper No Name in the form of a single, Snow on the Bluff. Just cause you woke up, I'm not. That shit ain't no reason to talk like you better than me. How you gonna leave when you attacking the very same niggas that really do need the shit that you saying? Instead of conveying you holier, come help us get her to speed. Despite not mentioning her by name, fans were certain that J. Cole was referring to the Chicago rapper who recently called him out for not being vocal enough about the movement writing. Poor black folks all over the country are putting their bodies on the line in protest for our collective safety and y'all favorite top selling rappers not even willing to put a tweet up. Whole discographies be about black plight and they know where to be found. Ooh, I mean, I think she kind of was calling some people out with that. And you know, despite the fact that the surprise drop lit up YouTube and trended on Twitter, 
there are many who thought that J. Cole's timing of criticizing a black female activist might be a bit off. Poet Hanif Abdurraqib, who was on the show last week, tweeted, Jermaine should have kept that one in his notes app and talked it out with a therapist. Ooh. The day after releasing the song, J. Cole took to Twitter to stand by his song, but also added, follow at no name. I love and honor her as a leader in these times. She has done and is doing the reading and the listening and learning on the path that she truly believes is the correct one for our people. Now, you can always count on J. Cole's music to start a conversation. Now, this is why he is one of the most influential rappers of his generation. Man, Doug, I see that J. Cole has a lot of people upset, but he's still on the top in my books. I feel like a lot of people also did not get the message of his song. Maybe I'm not the one in those shoes, so I don't get it personally why they're upset. But hey, to each their own, I'm still listening to J. Cole and he is never canceled. Now on to a group <laughs> that has been moving crowds for a generation in the two decades since Black Eyed Peas has been making music. They have sold more than 50 million records. They're out with their latest offering, Translation, which infuses Latin trap, Latin pop, and reggaeton to their unique hip hop, pop, and techno sound. The new album is packed with features from Latin superstars like Shakira, Nicki Jam, Becky G, and J Balvin, with who they linked up for what would become their most streamed song ever, Ritmo. This week, they teamed up with Dominican Dembo artist El Alfa to drop No Mañana. Now, the Black Eyed Peas have never shied away from experimenting with new sounds, especially techno. I mean, they've always been on the cutting edge. And while today they might be one of a few African-American acts at the top of the EDM world, African-Americans have a long history in techno music. While we recognize the authorship and contributions of Black artists in music like jazz, R&B, hip-hop, and even rock and roll, there's one genre that often gets overlooked, techno. In the 80s, Detroit DJ The Electrifying Mojo would spin an eclectic mix of music that would inspire three young men to take the vibe of the craft work and the funkadelic music coming from the radio into the world-famous Detroit techno. With mentoring from Delano Smith and Ken Collier, the group known as the Belleville Three, which consisted of the godfather of Detroit techno, Juan Atkins, and school friends Kevin Saunderson and Derek May. The trio would combine their talents to make analog drum machines and keyboards, creating a sound that would become the music that would define an era. As was the case with other black artists, their musical talents were not readily recognized in America as they were overseas in Europe, where their style of music was eagerly accepted and eventually co-opted by both white fans and musicians, especially in Germany. And as we are in the midst of Pride Month, we need to acknowledge the role of gay black men, who were a significant part of the electronic music movement. From Chicago to NYC to Detroit, for whom this music and the spaces they congregated in were to become the club scene that would soon become part of the cultural landscape in cities and countries around the world. While these days electronic music seems to be mostly dominated by straight white male artists like Diplo, Deadmau5 and David Guetta, it would be a disservice to not recognize the roots and contributions of black artists such as the Belleville Three, who gave rise to a genre of music that even today is danced to by millions of fans worldwide. Ah, now that is such an important story because I think that the fact that 
techno started in Detroit by three black guys. It's information that everyone needs to know. Not to mention the house music scene, which was started in the gay black community. And it's really great to shed light on this history that's not often told in this country. Definitely so, Doug. African-American influence has reached all corners of the world from EDM to K-pop to Latin trap. Those influences even spread to Africa where they fuse with West African rhythms to create the next new wave taking over the globe, Afrobeats. From the streets of Lagos to the clubs in London and even the TikTok dance challenges, the energetic Nigerian Afrobeat sound has become a musical phenomenon that has taken over the world. Influenced by different beats from across the world, Afrobeats is known for its constant percussive beat and catchy electronic hip hop rhythm that is sure to move. Not to be confused with Afrobeat, the 1970s highly political style pioneered by the legendary Fela Kuti. Afrobeats with an S is the electronic sound of a new generation of African millennials with lyrics mostly about love, money, and sex. My love, you give me love I never see you. My love, your love means so much to me. The African music genre has been around since the early 90s, but its international breakthrough wasn't until 2016 when Drake featured Nigerian artist Wizkid in his 2016 summer hit, One Dance. I need a one dance, got a Hennessy in my hand. One more time for I go, higher powers taking hold on me. For the last decade, the genre's popularity has risen fast and leading the charge have been artists like Wizkid, Tiwa Savage, Davido, and Mr. Easy are just a few of the new icons with influence in the global music industry. With appearances in festivals like Coachella and collaborations with artists such as J Balvin, Major Lazer, Dua Lipa, and Beyonce, just to name a few, have taken the Afrobeats rhythm global. And it has been artists like Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar that have curated the movie soundtracks for award-winning films like Black Panther the Album and Bees the Lion King. The gift put a spotlight on African artists and producers. Even Shakira's Super Bowl performance included the Afrobeat Suku Sabine dance, one of many African rhythms used in Champeta, a genre with African roots from Colombia's Caribbean coast. The dance went on to trend as a hashtag dance challenge all over social media. And of course, with TikTok being the new platform where artists go to market their new music, the Afrobeats genre's popularity has quickly spread household to household, with African music dance challenges taking over TikTok, like Mr. Ulala's Let's Go and Malik Berry's Control Song, which has had over 43 million plays. to see music come full circle like that, Doug, and that Afrobeats are thriving globally. Absolutely. I think it's so important to dive into that history and celebrate that because so much of our enslaved ancestors' music actually evolved into what we now know as gospel, you know, jazz, blues. And actually, two-time Grammy Award-winning blues artist Fantastic Negrito is here to tell us how he tries to praise them and pay homage to their memory every day. 
Well, Fantastic Negrito, number one, came from growing up in California and uh, all my neighbors are so much Latino brothers and sisters that I used to hear that name Negrito in a lot of those Mexican banda songs, like, oh, Negrito, Negrito. And I thought, wow, you know, that sounds good. It sounds like they're not calling anybody. I like that. It had a good feeling to it. So I think it was just in my DNA as a Californian. I think if you live in California, you have to be pretty familiar with Spanish or that means you're not talking to everybody in California. And I thought, how can I give praise every time and make the world give praise to my ancestors? Every time they say my name, let them glorify my ancestors. May they all rest peacefully. So I thought fantastic Negrito. It's not really going to be about me, but it's going to be about Black Roots music and let me give all the praise to my ancestors. Every time I, I sing or somebody says my name or I, or I do an interview because that music is really feeding me now. It's feeding everybody out there. It's feeding um, people in England. You know, it's feeding, it's feeding people from Canada. It's feeding, the, the legacy is, is so rich, the music. Black Roots music, and that's where it came from. Fantastic Negrito has nothing to do with me, although I look fantastic, and I know you want to call me fantastic, but it's not me. It's it's, it's my legacy, my roots, my ancestors. Juneteenth means a new beginning. It means a new chance. It means reparations. It means taking the ills and the wrong and the disease and making it right. It ultimately means taking that bullshit and turning it into good shit. Let's keep doing that, y'all. Ah, I mean, such a cool guy. You can actually catch more of the fantastic Negrito in the Lift Every Voice, a Juneteenth special. And as fantastic Negrito said, a new beginning. That's what this country needs now. This shakeup is exactly what's been missing, and we know that music has been a big part of that. Music has always been a part of shaking the establishment, especially punk music. We've heard about the Ramones and the Clash, but there was a band at the start of the punk movement you might not have heard about. When we talk about the history of punk, the picture in our heads often looks like this. Many know about the Ramones, whose first album was in 1976 and the release of debut albums by The Clash and The Sex Pistols in 1977. But a few years earlier in 1975, three African-American brothers from Detroit were recording what would be considered one of the earliest proto-punk albums with their band called Death. The three Hackney brothers, bassist and vocalist Bobby, guitarist David, and drummer Dennis, recorded an album that would be recognized as one of the first recordings of what is defined as the punk rock genre during an era when the majority of black music on the charts was Motown R&B. Unfortunately, in what is certainly the epitome of punk rock attitude, the brothers refused to change the name of their band, and along with other typical obstacles black musicians often faced in the music industry, were never signed, and thus never received the recognition they deserved until almost three decades later, when they were rediscovered and finally acknowledged for their contributions to the founding of the punk rock movement and even highlighted in a documentary about their contribution and influence. Nobody was making music like that in 73. Along with other black punk rock pioneers like Bad Brains, Pure Hair, and Pauly Styron. 
The role of black artists' contributions in the punk movement are finally getting the recognition they deserve. And they continue to this day with bands like 1865, Morris Farm Drive, Danny Denial, and even the birth of new festivals like the Afro Punk Fest, which was born in Brooklyn and has now gone worldwide. Now, I think that just goes to show how intertwined the histories of African-Americans and American music are because we are indeed part of the fabric of American music. Now, here to talk about hip hop and how it's influencing American culture today is Raymond T. Now, Raymond is Live by Live's official voice for hip hop and R&B and serves as our lead curator for all of our hip hop and R&B stations. Welcome, Raymond. How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. Thanks for having me on right here. Good, good, to get, good to link up with you guys finally. Today in celebration of Juneteenth, we're celebrating everything that African-Americans have done for our music and culture. On that topic recently, Justin Bieber posted this on his Instagram. I am inspired by Black culture. I have benefited off of Black culture. My style, how I sing, dance, perform, and my fashion all have been influenced and inspired by Black culture. Now I'm asking you guys this. Do artists benefiting from Black culture have a larger responsibility to speak up on matters that affect the Black community? What do you guys think? And this is something that I personally have been waiting for for many, many years. I think that um, it's something that in the Black community we've been witnessing for so long. We've seen people borrow and draw inspiration and appropriate things from our communities. And very seldom is that sort of acknowledgement done in a big way. And so I think that that's really powerful. And, you know, speaking of Justin Bieber and even Justin Timberlake um, has now become a lot more vocal because the influence is obviously there. But it's just the idea that you, you can't turn a blind eye to how Blacks are getting treated right now with the idea that you've been collecting mad checks off of what has originated from Black culture. And you know what, Raymond, I, I would love to get your opinion on this for the viewers at home who might need some clarification. In your own words, what would you say is the difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation? You know, I've been thinking about that, man, and I just think that the cultural appropriation is the idea of coming in and capitalizing off of Black culture and, and leaving things behind. You know what I mean? When I say there's an appreciation, you know, you, you have to, you, I don't want to say take the good with the bad, but you got you to gotta engulf it all. Definitely so, Raymond. But now that hip hop is more widely accepted, we're seeing a lot more crossover into pop. Where does pop start and hip hop end? Well, I mean, you know, I did working in radio. I, I, you know, my background is in FM. Hip hop has been around for a long time. Let's be honest, the labels are the one that pushed that machine. You know what I mean? The, the labels are the ones that, okay, I see green in that. We can make that top 40 ish. You know what I mean? Because pop ain't nothing mm -hmm. more short than what's popular. You know, something that has been on my mind is I just, I think back to the Grammys and I remember when Tyler, the creator actually spoke out against the group, the Grammys for pigeonholing black artists into the urban categories. And he actually said, it's a basically a politically correct way to say the N word. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Man, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, the, the word itself, let's be honest, Doug, um, you hear urban, you, you think more of a region than you do a sound. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So um, it, it's, it's it's definitely something that I feel definitely pigeonholes, which is which is wrong, you know what I mean? And you know, but then again, you don't want labels to just being labels, being dumbasses, saying, okay, now we're just gonna call this the black category. Cause because it falls. Which they, they used to. Yeah, yeah. You know they what I'm used saying? To. So what I, yeah. 
even furthermore, what I want labels to do besides doing their stunt PR messages that they're leaving out is checking them inside when it comes to the workforce like who are your top executives are because i'm pretty sure they're all white we need to change that we need to put people of color yeah. in place that's where i want to see the changes not saying oh, okay we're going to do these little things or here's this cute little donation we're making or here we're doing this black square today it's like no it goes beyond that like show us what you are doing behind the scenes like that's where i want to see change without a doubt i mean i i think i think for a long time you guys there's been a dangle of a carrot there's yeah. been a dangle of a carrot we can, but we, we can ain't all. Having single no more. We're nah, over. Nah, nah. We over the carry. We over the carry. <laughs> Raymond, before you go, can you tell us about what we can expect on Juneteenth Radio? Uh, Juneteenth Radio, we're celebrating, of course, Black culture, Black music. We got a good span of gospel to hip hop to R and B. Uh, there's gonna be good discussion as well. Got to shout out Charlemagne the God, of course, who's gonna be a part of this special right here on Live by Live with us. Uh, but the radio itself, because we do have a station set up on the platform as well, in which. Uh, just just go get lost in culture, man. That's all I can tell you. You know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of messages and a lot of the music that people, I don't think we're paying attention to before, but right now you're listening to the lyrics. There's a lot more in, yeah. in these songs than people have, people have maybe got lost in the deep for. You know what I mean? Yep. And we've assembled a full playlist of the artists taking part. Welcome to Juneteenth Radio. Raymond, thank you so much for being with thank us Thank you, today. guys. Appreciate, Appreciate y'all 100%. Love. You know what I'm saying? Doug, Ide, much love, one love. Everybody be cool out there. Take care. Thank you, brother. Indeed. Because it is Juneteenth, and this day, more than anything, symbolizes freedom. How better than to finish off the show talking about what freedom means today? Here are a few of the voices you will hear on Lift Every Voice, Juneteenth special speaking about freedom. Well, that's about it. Thank you so much for hanging with us. I'm Doug. And I'm Ide for Live Zone. For more on music culture, follow us here on Live by Live.